Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Duckies and Dargons, the uh, mostly weekly D&D 5th edition podcast hosted by myself, the Mayhem Vault 93, and my wonderful cast of players, hereby known as the Disaster Trio. Hope you're all having a fantastic week so far, and uh, at the time of this episode going live, it's Friday, it's the start of the weekend, and we all hope that you have some amazing plans. If you want a recap of what's been going on in the uh, the land of Vardor and the Vardorian conflict so far, by all means, go ahead and listen to our last episode, because we're going to be jumping straight in for what I think might be the episode that my players have been waiting for for a very, very long time. So don't give us a brain aneurysm because we want to survive this. <laughs> well, you know, consuming too much knowledge at one time can kind of have an adverse effect on you, Rob uh, or Elara. I struck. I I I get my name right. Yeah, butter. I know. I know. <laughs> fuck off, dickhead. We've been gaming. You roast me enough when I do that. So bye. yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Fuck it. Time the DM gets it. No. Okay. <laughs> Disaster trio. You find yourselves situated at three different parts of the Grand Archive uh, that is connected to the, the Grand Temple in the city of Amdale. Having just met Canavalris, the Keeper of Secrets, you guys have sort of split up looking for little uh, solo sought-after pieces of knowledge. To uh, make tonight's episode a little bit spicy, we're going to start with Anon. So, Anon. You conclude your conversation with Canavarus. You turned around and you saw that he was no longer there. He pointed you in the direction of a small, well, what looks to be a small uh, chamber, a little ways away from the elongated room that you are currently stood in. It was that room, and outside that room, on the doorway, that you saw the sigil that caused you to have a very adverse reaction within the temple itself. This is a symbol that doesn't really bring you any comfort. It doesn't bring you any sort of joy. It's something that you've been running away for, from for decades, if not centuries at this point. Canavarus has pointed you in the direction of this in order to basically tell you answers that you're looking for are in this room. Do you enter? Yes. Okay. So as you push your way through the door, you hear a slight creak as the, the hinges uh, shift the massive, heavy-set wooden door. Immediately, there is a very musky scent of old parchment, old books, old paper, and old ink. This is a room that doesn't seem to get a lot of, uh, a lot of use, essentially. It's one that you can tell is in this state of affairs because of the amount of dust that is in this room. It's, honestly, it's, it's a little unsettling. It begins to claw at the back of your throat. I'm going to take a second just to make sure that the music for this episode is at a decent volume. Okay, so I'm imagining that you have in mind things that you're looking for within the, the Grand Archive. So I'm going to let you roll an investigation check in order to find well determine how well you find whatever it is that you're looking for and for the listeners listening at home Anon has not informed me of anything that she is looking for although i do have information 
on hand that I think she might be looking for, and whatever she rolls will determine how closely she hits her mark. First things first, I'll close the door behind me. Okay. Trying to establish a sense of privacy. Yeah, she doesn't really want to be seen trying to find what she's trying to find. Okay. Go ahead and make that roll. Twenty-three. One away from a natural twenty. So, it doesn't take you very long to find the section of this room that you're looking for. In fact, it almost you're immediately drawn to it by some sort of instinct that you don't really understand. Your hand naturally reaches for a very narrow-looking book. It's very thin. It's in very poor condition. The binding is frayed. The spine is all cracked. It's all loose. Some of the pages are on the verge of falling out. You can tell this is an old piece of literature. The book references Loth heavily. The title is that of Infighting and Deception, The History of the Spider Queen. In this book, as you spend approximately five minutes uh, scrolling through the first half of it, it dictates very basic details of what the Spider Queen was like. How she was a being of chaos and evil and infighting and influence and killing, violence, aggression. She led legions of clerics and handmaidens and encouraged ha uh, infighting in countless orders that were de uh, dedicated to her. You start seeing records of the makeup of the different clerical groups that followed her, most of them being heavily swayed towards drow and other subterranean lingering species. You begin to see references that harken back to your previous years in life. And it doesn't take long before you start seeing references to the life that you used to lead in the run-up to fleeing your home. Upon reading all this, it's not a very comfortable feeling. It's not a very satisfying find, for lack of a better phrase. You toss the book aside, frustrated, having thought that you gleaned as much information as you, you wanted to before your, your mind forces you to cast it aside. It takes you another couple of seconds rifling through the same bookshelf before you find a thicker tome. Uh, this one is a collection of scrolls that have been tied together to form uh, a square. They all form part of the same title, but it's written in a language you don't quite understand. It's a very old, very tribal language. But the contents is written in it, it's written in two separate languages, and you get the sense that judging by the structure, the the fact that the second language is directly beneath it and has written, been written to a different font size or handwriting size, it almost gives you the impression that the original author of these scrolls left gaps in the hopes that these articles would be translated. They're translated into common. 
these articles dictate the movement and establishment of different temples and orders and sanctuaries that are dedicated to Loth. They talk about how societies reacted to these places being constructed, how certain groups were ousted by not only the crowns guards of Vardor, but they were often ousted by the theocracy and by just the, the authorities of the regions in which they were built themselves. This is more uh, a record of aggressive non-acceptance. This is a, a record of the Spider Queen is not welcome in Vardor. With the second scroll that makes up this bundle dictate or stipulates um, theories surrounding actions that the Spider Queen has influenced in history. You see dates dating back to before the Blood War. You see dates that st stand back to the very beginning of the founding of the, the civilization of which Vardor is standing upon now in the wake of the war as well. There's even references to beliefs that the Spider Queen was the one who actually started the war itself. But you see that underneath this theory, there's actually a small handwritten note, almost imperceivable in the, the size of the handwriting, that stipulates that this is the only official record that calls this into question. And the fact that it is the only known piece of writing that stipulates a theory that Loth started the Blood War can kind of refute that theory in and of itself. As you're rifling through the shelves, you're not really paying attention to anything other than the shelves themselves. You feel this tingling in the back of your head. Not interior, but this soft tingling, literally, on the back of your head. What do you do? I, I reach up and pat the back of my head. Uh, roll a... just a straight dexterity check for me. I'll do. You manage to catch what feels like something small and solid with the palm of your hand. You don't hit it with enough force to necessarily damage it, but you feel the contact and you feel it come closer to the actual bone of your head. You lift your hand away and it it's no longer there. You turn around and you see a very small spider like stood on the floor behind you. It's not fleeing. It's not making any sort of attempts to abscond from your general vicinity. But you do see that it is staring up at you. Almost like a puppy waiting for its master to give it attention. She stares back. Make a perception check. Mm. 
<laughs> oh god. <laughs> you don't you don't see any uh, in this moment you don't see anything other than the spider. That's it. Yeah, for all you know you're standing in a black void. You're no longer standing in this small side room of the Grand Temple. Is there anything that you do? She she goes back and, and rifles through the scrolls and the books, but every now and then she's kind of side-eye glancing at the spider to make sure it hasn't moved. First time that you side-eye it, it has moved. It's now dangling from a singular strand of web about five feet away from you at shoulder level. The second time you side-eye it, it's on the shelf. The same shelf as all the books that you've been picking up so far. It's about three feet, three feet to your left. It's not moving close in order to invasively get close to you. More like it's looking to interact. Oh, furious typing. Ah, oh, shit, can you hear me? Yep. Right, hold on. Right, like, I quite like the tapping. Yeah, I know, but... Immersion and all that. So... I will say that uh Okay. Uh Anon, I've seen your message and we'll get to that after after this a little bit. So cool. is there That's anything fine. with the spider's new location, is there anything that you do? She picks up the book that's the spider is in front of. As if you're trying to knock it off the shelf, or you're just reaching for yet another book? I'm reaching for yet another book. Okay. This one doesn't have any title. It's got no... It's got no language on the, the front face, or the spine, or the back. It's just a, a blank, um, crimson red leather cover. It's not as badly worn as the rest of the books are, which gives you the sense that it was written a little bit more recently. It's still, judging by the looks of it, it still looks as though it's a couple of decades old, but nowhere near as old as some of the other items that you've seen in this room. With, uh, still basing this off the 23, because you know, not enough time has passed to make you roll another one. Uh, you flick through this one, you get about three quarters of the way through, and a lot of the information is just basic data surrounding the gods of the different planes and realms. Loth's chapter is pretty much towards the end of the pages that you, you flick through. It talks about low-level confrontations between the Archfey and Loth. Um, there's one that describes an encounter that the Spider Queen had where they engaged in combat with a deity whose identity was unknown but judging by the description of this unknown deity it was a, a positively influential deity among the planes you don't get the sense that loth has established any sort of alliances with any other 
quote-unquote evil deities among the worlds more that she is very much working on her own and acts through influence of the ones who follow her rather than trying to make deals with ones who could potentially uh, backstab her or betray her in the future. Okay. The spider is now less than a foot away from you on the shelf. And it's looking at you and you can see its little eyes twinkling with what little light is left in this chamber. It's almost like it's 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 puppy dog eyes, but in spider form. It's wanting your attention. What do you want? You see it scurry to the very edge of the shelf, almost as though it's looking uh, for permission to get closer to you. And she reaches out her hand. It very tentatively begins to crawl onto the tips of your fingers. She's just kind of staring at it, waiting for it to do something. A couple seconds go by before the jaws and the mandibles of the spider very gently begin to lower to the point where they're just coming into contact with the skin of your hands. You don't feel any pricks, but you feel the teeth just beginning to gently put pressure on your skin it's at this point that you begin to feel this connection with the spider and it's almost this telepathic voice coming from it it doesn't say much but all you hear is secrecy will not help you here trust can be earned through open expression and if you follow the old path Which old path? If you resume the work that you started years ago, favor can be re-earned. Fuck. There will be no consequence now. But in time, resentment and anger turn into physical reper repercussions. secrecy never bodes well at that point the spider leaps backwards and lands on the shelf and scurries into the cracks between the books on the shelf and disappears shit so I'm gonna let you decide what you're wanting to do from here on out but we're going to actually move on to Zarus and uh, let him discover or go about discovering the information that he was looking for so uh zaris is a very very brief reminder because i think you're the only one whose intent i've not entirely forgotten but maybe like misconstrued uh what exactly was it you were looking for again
Lazarus. Yes. <laughs> what was it you were looking for again in the archive? Uh, it was information on the jeweler. Right. Okay. Uh, you are on the, I believe you're on second floor or was that Alara? I know Alara put that in. Ah, yeah. You're on the second floor. Alara's on the third. You venture up the winding staircase until it comes to the, the floor in which Canavaris pointed you towards. Doesn't take you long to find the, the stacks that he was pointing to. Uh, go ahead and make me an investigation check as well. What's my investigation? Probably not good because it's not charisma based. Mm, it's plus two because of the the wisdom. Ah, um, yes. Thing. Nine. <laughs> you know what? That really fits well with what's coming later in the session. I'll not lie. Um, mm. Annoyingly, you find information that, for the majority of it, echoes what you've already heard. A lot of the sigils and the uh, the branding symbols that are used on jewelry pieces that come from Amdale are used instead of titular names or family names. There's only a couple of references that are tied to some of the sigils that identify individual jewelers. You do find a scroll that has the Crescent Moon sigil on it, but it's listed just as a, a visual reference and a visual um, example. There's no name tied to it. In fact, out of the maybe 20 to 30 sigils that are listed in this scroll, only about four or five of them have an actual name written alongside them. And you get the sense that these are probably because the, the jewelers have voluntarily given their name alongside their branding sigil. It takes you approximately 20 to 30 minutes pulling through all of these scrolls. And that's about as much as you actually come across. Moving on to Alara, who's on the third floor looking for... Uh, Hello. looking for references to warlocks obtaining and um, enhancing their powers. Looking for more power and maybe looking at more darker side of powers for newbie warlocks and stuff, and like find out how they sort of what well, the sort of resting techniques they use to gain more sort of mana. If that be the word. <laughs> just, okay. Yeah, Elara just wants some more power, really. <laughs> Uh, Whether it be dark or light power, she wants more power. Go ahead and uh, make that investigation roll for me. Okie dokie. Hmm. Oh, you don't have okay. a modifier. Wow, okay. Not for investigation. Not investigation no. yeah. Okay. You... You pull you, you you spool through the, the, scroll, uh, the scrolls and the tomes that are located in this section that you've been... Uh, directed to for about 20 to 30 minutes until you find uh, when oh. sort of just say every so often Lara is looking over the shoulder to find out the other two aren't sort of looking at what she's trying to find okay uh you get the sense that you are definitely alone in terms of your your party uh there are a couple of other scholars that are situated in tables not exactly like right next to you but sort of like in the same general vicinity 
they're not paying you any mind though um you get the sense that these are people who just leave each and each other to themselves they don't get involved in other people's research you find a tome that heavily details the fact that warlocks gain their power through virtue and uh devotion to their patron the longer that you are devoted and in servitude to your your given patron the more that they will most likely uh bestow upon you in return for your servitude you do see that it is heavily based off of the deeds that you do and it is primarily known that those deeds dict are dictated by what your patron wants you see various references to the raven queen and how she seeks knowledge and how she seeks to know the secrets of worlds she wants to know that which not a lot of other people know the more valuable the secret the more favor that you will gain with her in your servitude you read accounts of warlocks being able to cast spells that you've only dreamed of being able to cast warlocks that have been able to literally rewrite history warlocks that have been able to stop time in its tracks and erect magical barriers hundreds of feet wide and tens of feet thick in order to stop invading forces you hear accounts of warlocks who have never really made it past the mere basic levels of uh magical capabilities simply because they never really did the bidding of their patron they never showed true servitude and true loyalty in fact you actually read accounts of ones who stepped outside their mark and paid a very very heavy price for it warlocks that were often either locked away in prisons of an arcane nature or were hunted down by other warlocks that served the same patron because the patron got tired of them and no longer saw them as relevant or necessary. Is, there, am, any, is there anything else that you're looking for? There's basically answer all the questions that I was looking for at this point, but she sort of wants to find sort of the dark side of warlocks, like sort of like if there's any sort of information on like sort of forbidden spells kind of thing or ones that aren't commonly I'll known say... like kind of banned ones uh go ahead and make it for because you're looking for something so specific go ahead and make another investigation roll <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah nothing yeah no that book that no. book's already been loaned out to another family just now so uh <laughs> Yeah, you don't you don't catch anything, I'm afraid, mate. Um You get the sense that you're staring at so many books, it's like you're being tunnel visioned and you're you're all it's like all the books are beginning to look the same that you just genuinely cannot differentiate them. Well you can't different differentiate one book from another. Like for all you know, every single one of these books is the exact same and they have got the exact same content within them as the last one and the last one and the last one it's you you look for what feels like an hour at this point but it's only been maybe five or ten minutes so 
Killer is just gonna sort of mutter to herself, fuck this. <laughs> all in all, I'll say that just over an hour goes by in your scholarly missions before all three of you begin to hear the gentle voice of Canavalrus in your head. It's, it's not, it doesn't feel invasive. It's just a, a soft presence. And you hear, I will be glad to inform you that I have finished pulling over this mysterious note that you have given me. And uh, with regards to you, Zarus, the amulet as well. If you'd like to rejoin me downstairs, then I would be happy to share with you what I have found. So, you feel the connection fade. I'm assuming that you're all going to go back and, and join him. As Zalera is going down the stairs, she wants to see if she can see sort of uh, Zarus and just sort of point the finger if you heard that voice too. I mean, Zarus is on the floor below <laughs> you at this point, so you would see him going down the stairs, yeah. Nah. <laughs> Just like kind of like that kind of Spider-Man thing where you're pointing at each other going, you, you. Cyrus, <laughs> <laughs> do you say anything in response? Just shake my head and just head on and continue down. So you all venture back into that same elongated room. You see Canalvaris sat at one of the many tables and he has a big, big smile on his face. This is a man who looks incredibly excited and incredibly happy. He excitedly gestures for the three of you to sit. Um, you in particular, Anon, he looks at you and just says, I trust you find something useful in your search. Something that will lead you down a path that will suit you well if you were to continue along the current company that you hold at the moment. Huh? I'll explain later. Good. Well, let's get down to business then, shall we? Because boy, oh boy, you have given me something that is an absolute treat. And you don't even know it. Oh, I am so excited. So, which do you want first? The notes or the amulet? Let's do it in chronological order. So, note. Okay. First thing we so, before I uh, before I make any more progress, I have to ask how many of you are um, divine followers? Are you um, religious, for lack of a better phrase? Mm. I'm a warlock. Yeah, I'm a warlock too. Um. He looks, yeah. to, he looks to Adon and says, I already know your situation, so I don't need an answer. So. She just makes a face at him. Oh, come on. Don't be sarky. It's beneath you. I can tell. Anyway. You three have been put into the very unusual and very rare circumstances that you have been contacted by someone of a divine nature. In fact, I actually... Hasten to say, you are under employment of someone of a divine nature. I have never come across someone who is actively working for a deity. I mean, warlocks, you're in servitude of deities all the time. It's not exactly uncalled for. It's not, it's not out of the bounds of common knowledge. I've never 
come across someone who is actively working for a deity. But I'm, 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 ra I'm rambling. I'm rambling. Anyway. No, I've got questions now. Mm. Let okay. I let I'd say let him continue, Cyrus, because he's gonna roll here and where he's gonna forget about stuff. No, no. If Zaris in that, so he can hear. <laughs> if if Zaris has questions, I'm more than welcome. I'm more than happy to hear them. Um. Okay. So, question number one is: If what you say is true, wouldn't our deities already be informed that we were under the servitude of this deity? I don't know. Do they know? Not knowing, not having any contact to the, the patrons of which you follow, I can't really answer that question. We'll roll a religion check. What does Zyrus get in that 20 for the fucking hell? Okay, you had to prove me wrong, but you proved me wrong in the best possible way. So congratulations yep. on that. Sure. <laughs> Uh, with a 21, you reach out to the to the Ice Queen, and you feel this very quick connection. It's almost as if she's been listening in on a conversation. You, you don't see anything, but you feel like she's right next to you. And you hear inside your head, What this man speaks is intriguing. I have had no knowledge of you being contracted. I have obviously been observing your situation, but it's never giving me the inkling that you are working for someone. Maybe this man's got the wrong idea. Maybe this man is looking at it from a perspective of which none of us have ever done, which is entirely plausible. It's to be, it's to be welcomed. It's a new perspective. But I've never gotten the notion that you work for a deity. I know you follow me and you live your life in servitude, but it never feels as though you work for me. Canalvarus just stares at you and goes, Um, Cyrus, are you are you still with us? I just contacted my deity. She's here. You see him very quickly begin to look around the room, almost as if he's looking for an another being to be there. Um I don't know where you are. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't know how to address you. I, 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 I feel like I am being rude at this point. Um, I, I, I honestly don't know how to go on from here. I am sorry. Um, but yes, I, I, I'm not trying to say that your warlock here is pledging servitude to another more will become clear in the in, in given details i promise so just bear with us this not to interrupt a, no alara on you go alara wants to kind of do the same but she wants to keep it subtle go ahead like she doesn't want the, the guy and Zaris and i don't know that the gods are yet go even if apparently she makes faces ours go ahead <laughs> and uh my religion your religion my religion. 
Ah, that's gotten zero modifier too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> you reach, you reach out to the Raven Queen, and you're trying so hard to be subtle about it. Um, Saris turns around and looks and says, "Stop." looking like you're trying to take a shit when you're contacting them. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. You, Delera's just gonna smack him on the cheek. You, uh... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you reach out to the Raven Queen, and though you do feel a connection, she quickly chimes in and says, Not now, I'm busy. I'll I'll, I'll speak to you later. I hope, As long as you're not dying, then I'm, I don't know why you're contacting me. Goodbye. And you feel the connection fade. So, Canalvarus waits a couple of seconds, but like, just start looking at you and Anon Alara uh, just to see like if there's any like different reactions from the two of you. Before he says, "Right, um, down to business then." If Zara's your warlock, if your patron is going to be hanging around for the conversation, she may as well hear this as well. Uh, you guys have been in the very peculiar circumstance that. I'm not saying that you are living a new life, because that's obviously not the case. I mean, you still have, I'm assuming you still have memories of before this note was given to you. And you're not exactly children, for lack of a better phrase, because given the timeline, you would only be infants right about now. Unless some sort of arcane purpose has sped up your aging process, which I highly doubt. A deity has made contact with you, who I believe to be known as the Gardener. And he, he pulls out this very long scroll that atypically to a lot of the scrolls that you guys have read in your time, where most of them are read vertically, this one is read horizontally. And he spans it across the entire width of the table that you guys are sat at. He, beacon, he beckons you over to look at it the appropriate way. On this scroll, you see this beautiful artistic depiction of a brief snapshot in Vardorian history. It shows this faceless, but beautiful, elegant, and uh, sleek, slender figure. They are hovering above what looks to be a very lush green landscape. And the whole thing just gives you this depiction of the birth of life and rejuvenation and health, essentially. Canavalra says, I believe this to be the gardener, a long lost deity who has been said to influence Vardorian history by presiding over life itself. Some believe her to be the mother the goddess known as Ash. Some believe her to be entirely different. Some believe them to be just some figure who happens to exist. Some believe them to be a fairy tale. Some believe them never to have existed in the first place. But the, the gardener is said to watch over the balance. The balance between famine and growth, wealth poverty light and dark and if she's contacted you and she's written this and it's exact wording is her exact is their exact intent the balance is out of order now i don't claim to know exactly what 
out of order is because I'm as new to this as you guys are. In fact, I'm I'm less in the know than the three of you. But you have been approached and asked to seek out the reason as to why the balance of the world has been shifted. Now, it's clear that you're very new to this journey. You're on the, the beginning of the path. However, you've already sought out one aspect of corruption. And judging by what you have told me, and he looks at you, Alara, and judging by what you have seen, he's also pointing at you when he says that, Zyrus, what the two of you have seen, actually. Whatever it is that you saw could be either a pawn, could be a knight, could be an acolyte, it could be a queen on the chessboard of this game that is being played across the world. It could be the player, for all we know. But then again, it could also just be a pawn. Who's to say at this point? But I believe you have encountered one of the pieces on the opposite side of the board. You've come into contact with an element of your goal. And I have no idea where it's going to take you. There's not a lot of literature surrounding the gardener. However, given my role as Keeper of Secrets, I did manage to preserve this piece here that you see before you. And he begins to, to roll it back up. I'm assuming you have questions. I cannot guarantee an answer, but I will do my best. So, please, feel free to ask. How in the flying fuck did you manage to work out that from a bit of paper? Well, when you become to be as academically inclined as I, and you've seen enough, and you've read enough, and you've lived long enough to absorb as much knowledge, you become very esteemed at putting the pieces together and finding out how to fill in the jigsaw quicker than anyone else. Yeah, but I mean, from just looking at the writing, looking at the quality of the paper, looking at the handwriting, I mean, how in the fuck did you manage to work that out? Just call it academic gifts. I really don't understand how this is such a shock to you. I mean, my title, my station, my reputation, my capabilities should be reason enough in order to decipher some of, or if at least some of this information. Granted, the note didn't give me everything. I had to read a little bit. I had to brush off the, the old cobwebs in certain aspects and certain topics, however, but... I did manage to follow down a trail that I am fairly confident of. Fairly. That's 100%. Because, like I said, this gardener individual is extremely vague and extremely shrouded in not only a lack of explanation through literature, but a lot of theory and a lot of uh, speculation. So, I mean, with anything else, until you actually come face to face with something, you don't know it for certain, do you? Jesus. However, if certainty is what you're looking for, and he's looking at you, Zyrus, I believe this will give you a certainty that I believe you have been looking for for several days. And he puts the amulet back down on the, on the table. You'll be happy to know that, yes, the creator of this piece does reside within the city. They do reside within the jeweler's quarters. And you'll be happy to know 
that through a little bit of arcane tinkering with some minor assistance from one of my more arcane inclined friends i do have my limitations after all i was able to en enact an enchantment upon this piece that i believe will lead you directly to the source okay so, i feel like there's a butt coming on though i mean the only butt would be whether or not you accept this lead and what you intend to do with it. I don't want to be complicit in any bodily harm. Mm, no. I, it, I just need to get answers. That's all. Okay. Well, it's good to know that I may not end up being brought up on charges for being an, an accessory to murder. So, uh, for that, you have my thanks. So, take it back. For I, I do not like the quality nor the, the the aesthetic of which it fits. It's it's gaudy and very, very um, tacky in my opinion. Anyone caught dead wearing this should feel ashamed of themselves. You didn't have to kill anybody to get it, did you? I'll I'll just leave your imagination to run wild on that answer. Right, so don't ask questions, don't don't hear no lies. Okay, that's how it's going to be. Anyway, um, you'll be happy to know that I am giving a little bit of a, a prompt to the, the other scholars and other archivists within the, the library that uh, should you come knocking on our door again, you are not to be bothered. You are hereby welcome guests of the archive simply on the premise of i would love to get to know a lot more about you i'm not get, granting you any special privilege to restricted zones of the archive but i am here by extending you open invitation to come and visit as much as you'd like and hopefully establish a relationship with each other i believe that knowledge is key to surviving within the world and well look how long i've been here and i'm the one that knows the most out of any of these cretins Hilaro just smirks. <laughs> if I may be so bold as to ask one final question, and this is could pertain to everything that has gone on here, and it could not. It's just something that has piqued my curiosity, and I would like the answer to it as well. Of course. What if I told you that if I killed something, that it instantly turns into a duck or a dragon? Then I'd say you were pulling my proverbial tail. Uh, Anon, if you would please pull out either the duck or the dragon. They have names. <laughs> Guys, we need an actual like animal to kill to prove it to this guy, because he's not gonna leave us by just taking out. Are a we duck doing this again? We have to. We did it for the alchemist. We have to do it now. We want answers. We've got to prove. I will okay. I, before you go, this any, guy is please, more than helpful. Before you go any further, I will say that this is an, an entirely pacifist zone. No violence is to be inducted here. No blood is to be shed. If do you have like a rat or something 
or a chicken or I like that i could demonstrate demonstrate it on it do it doesn't have to be a person it could be anything oh don't misunderstand me. don't understand don't misunderstand me boy when i say no violence is to be enacted upon these grounds i mean no violence whatsoever we do it outside then you draw upon possibly pissing off the people in the grand temple who hold the same rule Fucking hell. This is I would just say I would just say show Dee Dee and the dragon to him and go from there. But we do need, need this question it, answered. Okay. Um I pull out Dee Dee and Bubblegum. Okay. You watch as Canaveralus's face turns from mildly puzzled to extremely inexplicably confused as he now looks upon the two creatures that you have taken out of your backpack. He just stares at you and says, I don't mean to intrudely ask, however, are, I, hmm, please tell me that these were, these creatures are what they were from birth. No. No. Dee Dee, what was it? He was a henchman, and what what was Bubblegum? A rat. No, no, that that was the 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 last one. Oh yeah. And that turned into a duck. This was with the beholder. You have encountered a beholder. It was a fucking wimp. That's another story for another time. That I I don't have the mental fortitude in order to deal with that today. Question for DM. Answer for possibly Rob. Oh, Alara. Um, are there any flies or small spiders about or bugs? Um, floating around. There's the odd, there's the odd blue bottle fly that's hovering close to ceiling level. Yeah, but nothing. right. And then outside question for DM. Does this work on every living thing? This feather in the scale. I would. Uh, I need a definite answer on this before I, I do would, what I'm I would, to do. I would. I would implore you to look up the wording of which you were given. Yes, but still, there is that point off. You know, it depends. It's still a it, kill. It, 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 it's still it, a kill. It depends on whether you want to be a an absolute as written kind of person. Or whether you want to ask for more details. I know at least one I, I know at least one of you will take things as written. Right. Well I'm gonna ask the DM person here. Elera wants to basically say to the guy here, let's just try And then she so she wants to find either a fly or a or a bug and just Like I said, there's there's flies Squish it. There's flies bugging But she around. wants to know if if she kills said bug, can she still roll the d4? Yes. Right, then Elera is going to do that. So she's going to literally stand up, right, I'm not leaving, but just, Carnivorous, just, right. You do realize we don't that, know if this do, works on these creatures. You do realize that mm -hmm. the, the ceiling level is about 15 feet high from, like, 15 feet up from the, from the ground, and that in order to get even within arm's length of the flies, you'd have to stand atop the table. Well, Elera's gonna do that. 
just watching okay. out for the strips and tables. Okay. You see him very quickly bundle up the, the rest of the scroll and move it out of the way before you stand the top of this table. Uh, she wants to look for... See if she right. can get quite close to a fly or a bug. Make, per make, make a perception check. Well, do. John, was it? It's a plus two there. Please be decent. Oh, God. Okay. Within 11, there are one or two flies buzzing around what looks to be within arm's reach. So, if you want to take a swipe at a fly, I will say go ahead, roll 1d20 plus your dexterity modifier. Okay. Because, because this is not a strength-based attack, this is a... The same again. The same again. <laughs> I'll say that you you do definitely hit. Okay, so go ahead. And this is not the feather in the scale roll. Roll a 1d4. Yep, okay. That'll do it. So, have I, have I got this thing before I uh, describe how I want to do this? Yes. Right, so Hera's just sort of, she's got on the table, she's like, right, move your things out of the way. And she's just gonna fucking jump as high as she fucking can and fucking clap the fucking fly. Just fucking, she wants to just clap. You hear this, <laughs> you hear this singular clap resonate, resonate throughout the chamber. And Canavalrus is looking extremely confused. He's actually backed away from the table several feet. And he's, he's got his hands up in sort of anticipation for something going wrong. Maybe even having to catch Alara if she f stumbles and loses her balance. As you hear the clap and you see Alara bring her hands down uh, to a resting position, you see this very, very, very small puff of green smoke. To which Canavarus is squinting his eyes at and he's like, what in the God's name? And just before he can finish his sentence... Lara, go ahead and roll your 1d4. You rolled a 4. Four again. Rolled mm -hmm. a fucking 4. You see this emerald green feathered duck fall from the sky roughly 10 feet, clattering onto the table and just bouncing off before writing itself and standing looking all dazed, discombobulated and confused. Canavarez follows the, the line of sight, watches the duck hit the table and then hit the floor, and then turns to you, Alara, and goes, I have so many questions. That's okay. our basic sort of thing that happens. So, do you want us to explain a bit more? All, all three of us can do this, and that's the reason why that I'm asking you as to why this is the case and if this is connected to this said gardener is what you called them if it is then it is connected in the way that it is a sick and twisted joke i have never come across any written empirical evidence that gives any detail that this is an a, a divinely or learned arcane ability that I, oh, you, you see him scoop up the duck and he just sort of looks at it. He's turning it over like to see it from all angles. This is truly astonishing. This is... Ever since we woke up from that grave, every kill either turns into a one-foot duck 
One foot dra one foot dragon or a one foot duck. Every he, kill. He looks to you and says He looks to all of you and says You may want to keep this to yourselves. And um I cannot guarantee that you'll be able to do this anytime soon. If you really, really want to get to the bottom of this, I do have a theory. You're not going to like it, but yeah, I do have a theory. Curse? No, no, this doesn't have the, the hallmarks of a curse. This has got the hallmarks of... I don't even know. That's the thing. I don't even know. No, my theory is if you really want to get to the bottom of this, there is a certain individual that you have to garner a very good relationship with before you can put forth the prospect of uh, deciphering this strange ability. I'm talking about... I'm talking about you'd have to establish a very good connection with the Grand Seer himself. He's the only oh. ma he's the only man in the world that I know could even possibly get to the bottom of this, and my oh my, will that old man revel in it? Okay, so what do we? Is there do? a way that we could get an audience with oh, the Grand Seer? Oh heavens, no, not not right now. No, the, the Grand Seer is uh. Actually, the Grand Seer is out of town. He's up in the Vexalian Theocracy, attending to some business with the, the Theocracy Council. Uh, though I do believe he will be returning to Armdale in the coming months. But okay. then again, then again, he is a member of the Vardorian High Council, and the Council takes up a lot of his time. Just as well, well we've got a meeting with. Let's just say, hypothetically, that. If he does come back within that period of time, is there a way for someone to contact him with this information privately in order to pique his interest enough to where that he would either come see us directly or would summon us to him? You see Canalvarus put two fingers to the right, the left side of his temple. He closes his eyes for a couple of seconds and then swiftly opens them and goes, Done. I've sent a message to him. I've informed him of a new potential line of research that he might be very interested in. I've told him not to rush back to Armdale because I know that the business he is on is of great importance. And then, sadly... King Alfred does have some official business for him to tend to once he does return. However, I do believe that once he does have breathing time, he will approach me and ask me to follow up on this notion that I have presented to him also vaguely. But I have passed on. I haven't given names. Don't worry. You're not there. You're not on a, a name basis. You're not even there on an audience basis with him at the moment. But just know that in the future, I may call upon you. Or if you just so happen to be back within the archive, I'd be sure to put in another good word with him. That's all I needed. Oh, I'm so excited. 
Oh, it's been so long since a, a line of research has really tantalized me like this. Not to say that your goals that you currently have, that you've had me researching today, have not tickled my fancy. I am actually very intrigued to find out who owns this, this bizarre piece of jewelry and just why it was enchanted in such a way. It's giving me some sort of uh, suspicious, sketchy vibes. And I love that. I love, I love it. It's, it's secrets I don't yet know, and that really tickles me in all the right places. Okay. You can see that he's getting very excited. It's almost as though the acquisition of new knowledge is his entire reason for living at this point. He fucking loves this. So, what else would you like to do? Or, are you done? With your business within the grand the, the grand archive i mean we have the amulet and it leads directly to the, the person we are looking for so uh, i honestly i believe that we're at a point to where that we should go directly to him okay i'd still stay asleep and go and get the clothes because if we because we're still looking tacky well, in our things at the moment so. at this at this point alara it's only early ish afternoon Like, you've got plenty of time in the, the business day to get things done. Well, there's one thing Alara wants to do, but she wants to wait until it's just the three of them. Right. So, okay. as far as she's concerned, she's basically fucking heard a lot of fucking weird shit. She's, <laughs> I did promise she's you, like, I did promise you this, guys, this session would be a, uh, one that escalates quickly, but everything has a reason. But she's trying not to sort of say she's too surprised, although she's said, how the fuck do you work out? But she's just sort of like trying to, she's trying to keep herself calm about the whole thing. Okay. Because so. she's just, she's just sort of, you know, a couple weeks ago being in contact with her god, find out she got resurrected, yada, yada, yada. So she's like, okay, wouldn't be the weirdest shit. Fair so, enough. am I getting the vibes that you guys are, are ready to leave? Yes. Okay. Can Alvarez escorts you to the the door that leads to the causeway that's connected to the temple? And as he opens the door, you see that there's a lot of heads turned upon you, the four of you at this point. It's not very often that the Keeper of Secrets himself escorts people through the archives, let alone to the door. You hear hushed little whispers wondering whether or not you're special guests or uh, personal acquaintances of Canalaris's. But a lot of them become very silent very quickly as soon as uh, he, he casts his eyes upon them. Almost as though they've been caught talking in the middle of class and they need to go back to their studies. You do see the same clerk uh, that addressed you when you entered. She looks to Canalvarus and says, Ah, Lord Master, you've um, concluded your business with these three, I see. I hope they didn't give you too much trouble. Canalvarus looks and says, Oh, actually, no, they have been the joy of my day. And uh, if you haven't already been informed, they are to be given unrestricted access to levels one, three, one, two, three, and 4 of our archive. Levels 5 and 6 are still for personnel only. However, they are to be treated as welcomed guests. Anything that is seen to be a failure to do so will result in disciplinary action. Do I make myself clear? 
You see her going very bashful, very red, and very embarrassed as she sort of bows her head ever so slightly and says, of, of, of course, of course, um, I will see that upon their next arrival, if they do uh, decide to come back in future, uh, that they will not be, they will, they are not to be bothered, and, Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 that's not what you said when we first walked in, missy! I was wrong, I acted out of my station, and I apologize. She thought we were students! Anon, what did you say? Quick question for the DM. Yes. What happened to the other duck? Oh, that's still in uh, that little uh, side room that the, the four of you were in. He just, he left it wandering around there and closed the door behind him before you, before it could escape. Okay, I've got mine. Yeah, you've got DD. You've got DD and Bubblegum, don't worry. If Anon gets any more ducks or dragons, she's gonna need a fucking trailer. She's gonna, I'm need, gonna... A, she's gonna need a fucking zoo at this point. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, you you guys make your way out, and just as you get onto the causeway, Canavaris does point off to the side to a small break in the sort of three foot high uh, wall of the causeway, and he says, "Oh, there is a staircase that will bring you down to city level." It's a little quicker than having to go through the temple if you don't want to disturb the monks. Uh, it leads you onto the eastern side, so you will have to wrap around in order to get back into uh, the the city center itself, unless you're trying to get deeper into the gardens. That is, so I assume that's not your your mo for the rest of the day. But as I've already said, do feel free to come back and uh, keep me updated with whatever you find out. One more thing, Canivorous. Uh to avoid any unwanted dramas, make sure you, the, the Crown's Guard know, or your Crown's Guard here know, ask by faces or descriptions, just because, you, you know, if we try and speak to you in the future and, you know, they stop us, I don't want to get brutal, so. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry, my dear, that won't be a problem at all. I'll see to it that they know a, a relatively accurate description of who you are, so long as you don't exactly go changing your appearance too heavily and to the point where they will not recognize you you shouldn't really have any problems appreciate it anyway toodaloo and he closes the door behind him and uh you guys make your way back towards the city center i'll say that it takes you about an hour and a half to get from the the temple district back to the economic sector and it takes you another Ten, you spend about 10 or so minutes wandering around the economic sector. Zaris, you've got the amulet in your hand. And the entire time that it's taken you to get from the temple to here, the, the cold metal has begun to extremely slowly heat up to the point where it's almost like it's acting off of a proximity basis. So go ahead and make a... Per, no, make a survival check for me. This is more of a trying to find directions sort of thing. Ten? Yeah. You get the sense that the fact that you've been traveling mainly westward in order to get here, it's not... It's gotten to the point where you're not feeling any increasing effect. You look sort of more northwest and you get this instinct that maybe this is the way to go. 
you venture off for you go by another 20 30 minutes before you come to very very wide open streets and a lot of the buildings now are starting to show some of the sigils that you saw in the scroll back in the the archive you recognize that these are definitely jewelers stores though through all your pondering and your your looking you're not seeing one of a crescent moon. You walk for another couple of minutes, venturing off into different side streets and uh, emerging onto other main streets as well. Until you come to a, a storefront where, unlike the rest of them, the sigil's not by way of a sign that's posted or hung above the door or plastered on the, the storefront window. You come to this building and it's very narrow in terms of its width. It's, the, the roof is much lower than the rest of them. This is a, a building that, despite the fact that it gives you the vibes that it should stick out a lot more than it does, it's almost like it's so nestled into the architecture of the city that it goes unnoticed. It goes unseen. You look at the front door and it's this beautiful black ebony solid wood door that's got this nice sort of organic engraving in the front of it you looked at the the door handle and it's in the shape of a crescent moon what's your reaction uh give me just a second Twenty for an Arcana check. With a twenty, you get a sense that you are extremely close to your objective. The amulet is giving you this vibe of familiarity. You're almost feeling the the arcane energy that was lingering on Lucinda Grohl due to the length of time that she wore it. It's almost like it's parent and sibling energies like bouncing off each other almost identical am i feeling anything that could result in like a trap or anything that would result in like necrotic-esque energy no 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 the, the energy you're you're feeling and getting off of the amulet right now is more of a beacon like uh uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a compass. Yeah, like a, a, a fucking hell. Why can I not use words today? Um, like a waypoint marker. Gotcha. Um, okay. Before Zara's tries to like touch the door and stuff, Elaria uh, wants to sort of just sort of touch him on the shoulder, going, "Remember, no fighting." However. Things escalate. Good cop, bad cop. Well, we need to go a little bit further than that. I need somebody to go towards the back of this building to make sure that if there is an exit that they can't get out. I'm on it. Okay. Add on. Just remember, no blood. Add on, you look up and down the street 
trying to sign, uh, trying to find an alleyway that could lead you around the back, and you get the feeling that the only way that you're going to get around to the rear of this building is by going back the way you came and wrapping around the side alley that you came through to get to where you are now. It's almost like the back of this building is on the street behind it. That's fine. I immediately go into stealth. Okay, go ahead and roll for me. Oh. <laughs> this no. is the first time I've seen a bad stealth roll. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm a uh, You know what? I'm going to let you narrate that one for me. So, Anon's head is not in the right place. <laughs> no. Um, it is, uh... It's in her hands. Yeah. So she goes, I'm on it, turns around, thinks that she's gone into stealth by hiding into the 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 street and the crowd, when in reality she's forgotten that bubblegum is on top of her head. And everyone is doing double takes. And uh <laughs> To make it worse, <laughs> Bubblegum is sat on top of uh, Anon's head and is just gently flapping their wings. Not in the sense of they're trying to gain flight, but just that sort of calm, content, happy, relaxed, gentle flap. And DM, this... you basically just explained the, the, the comedy hat some Dark Souls, man. Uh, un unintentionally. <laughs> described. Unintentionally, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, bubblegum is on top of your head, just gently flapping the wings. You feel the, the slight gusts of wind with each flap uh, hitting the sides of your face. People are doing double takes and staring at you just like what the fuck is doing what is what the fuck is that dragon doing on top of that woman's head there's even on a good distance away i'm gonna look to Alara and be like i don't think she's okay <laughs> you uh Anon, you actually see a cluster of small children pointing and it's a mixture of intrigue shock and fear the, the the one the one kid that looks intrigued has his jaw is so like so open that it's it's almost painful. You can just feel how how much like tension is in this kid's jaw as he is gawking at you with a dragon sat on top of your head. There's other kids that are like, oh shit, that's a dragon. But yeah, everybody's like everybody's got their eye on you and they know exactly where you are. You, you're not exactly moving subtly. And the big, the, 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 the small pink dragon's definitely giving you away. How close, how, like, how far away would you say Anon is to Zaris and myself? Uh, I'd say about 30 feet. Hilarious <laughs> is going to say, shout, hey, drow! Trying to get Anon's attention. Several people turn around. You now come, you, you, it now begins to become clear that there's several drow in the, in the vicinity. Oh literally rub my temples with a massive <laughs> headache that I currently now have as to... Yeah, the one with the dragon on her head? Anon, Anon turns around. And, and Hilaria's just gonna point to her head. 
Like, uh-huh. Oh. Arnold kind of reaches up and fe feels bubblegum and goes, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. And hold on, hold on. Just like just, just for the set in here, I thought us drow were sort of few numbers. I'm going to think in my head and speak to the Ice Queen and be like, do I really need to be alive for this? Can I just like go and rest now I, I don't need to serve this gardener person like i i have no like reason to serve them i i could just go take a nap a very long nap like sounds reasonable to me she comes back to you and says you should know better than anyone once you've been contracted into doing something you have to see it through to the end like did the contract mention that I had to be with imbeciles? I mean, I find them intriguing. She had a dragon on her head and thought she was being sneaky. <laughs> and it's not as though you haven't missed very, very important details that have been right in front of your face. Need I remind, is... need I remind you of when you took down that fang splitter fellow that you went, looked through the window and couldn't even tell that it was lit up on the inside? That's, that's that is that is fair. That's fair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't hear shit. No, I'm, I'm just laughing at this. Like this, this is out of character right now. Uh, he was hoping you'd forget to, about that experience will, as well. I will never forget about that. I will never. That, 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 no. You had to compare from a fucking window. I will <laughs> never. <laughs> just, I'll just get, rub my temples and go. This. Yeah. This is okay. Anyway. All right. Back to business. Because there's a <clears throat> lot that I want to get through tonight. And we've only got about an hour left as well. So let's go. Anyway. Are you entering the premises or are you waiting a little while until you get a sense that Anon has reached the, the rear of the building? Oh, I, I'm a, I can distract whoever's in here for long enough for Anon to get back to the back, hopefully safely, please. Ice Queen God, please, <laughs> safely. Thank you. Okay. You, you turn the handle and you walk in and you hear this very small bell begin to chime above the door. As you walk in, you are immediately greeted with this clean, almost sterile exterior. Marble flooring and rows and stacks of showcases filled with jewelry of all different materials, designs, makes and designs. You see bracelets, you see rings, you see earrings, you see pendants, you see large, very heavy chains, you see um, armbands and arm rings of all different kinds of designs and materials. There is a elderly male sat behind the counter with one of those cylindrical uh, monocle like mon uh, magnifying glass things. Um, secured in his right eye as he is peering down at this piece that he is working on. You hear this, I'll be with you in a moment. Just uh, allow me a couple of seconds. Please feel free to make yourself comfortable. 
and he just you see he's um he's in the process of resetting a couple of gems back into a, a necklace he it takes him a couple more minutes you see him put down the instruments that he's using he looks up takes the the monocle off and places it gently on the the glass countertop and says i'm sorry did i forget to turn the sign i'm not open for business today and at that point alaris is going to say remember remember walk to the old man and say we're not here to make any purchases today but rather to ask you a series of questions he looks visibly confused and says right well i'm afraid you'll have to make it somewhat snappy i have a i have an engagement to be at in a little while i can't afford to be late are you are you the crescent moon and what if i am and then I'll hold up the medallion. Right. And I say, I would like to know about this. He looks to you, Alaire, and says, There is a shutter on that door. Would you be so kind as to lower it for me? Alaire is just talking to back now. Uh, I'd say that you're at least on the right street. You're about 60 feet away. From the back of the building. Alaris is going to squint one eye going, nah, fuck it, fine. There is one more, though. Coming later on. I'd say about another half hour or so. Uh, enough time for you? I... I don't tend for this conversation to take long. It's already clear that you're not here on the right terms so i would like for this to go as quickly as possible not just for your safety but for mine phil that's fair then by all means then by all all means feel free to take a seat you see that there there's two uh almost like what resembles bar stools like on your side of the counter i'll take one bar stool Delaware's right. gonna Delaware wants to check the stool over that there's not like a sort of trick. Okay. You so see, be... you see the old man straighten himself up. You see, he is very careful with his movements. He's eyeing you. He's eyeing the two of you up constantly, never breaking eye contact. Sort of getting the sense of he's trying to figure out whether or not you mean him harm in any way. He places his hands gently within both of your eyesights on top of the table, on top of the countertop, and says, Right, well, I'm not going to beat around the bush and say the the stereotypical thing, because you already know that that piece does not belong to you. I would like to know how you came into the acquisition of this item. He's dead. Right. So, by your hand or by another? Technically both. I'm not one for technicalities, sir, so if you could be a little bit more detailed in your your answers, I will give you the courtesy of being detailed in mine. I took 
the necklace from her before her death, and by doing so, and talking to the uh, entity found from the said amulet, led to her death. Is at this by point, by something point, else. You, you see the man's eyes narrow quite heavily and says, I'm sorry. Entity? I, I, I know not of which you speak. I'm going to roll an insight check on that. Nine. He appears to be telling the truth. I look to him and say... This medallion that you made held a crystal of sorts. Yes, a very large green crystal. I chose it myself to fit the aesthetic of the bearer. Did you know what the green crystal did? It was a large emerald, sir. I know it's because I sourced it myself and there was no additional properties to it. It was purely an so emerald. So, additional properties were added afterwards. That's fine. Anon, I'll say that by now you have come to the, the rear of the building and there is a... What seems to be a very basic looking wooden door. Uh, what would you like to do at this point? I want to see if it's unlocked. It is locked. I would like to try my hand at unlocking it then. Okay. Uh, do you have lockpicks on you right now? I should have some in my thieves tools, yes. Okay. Go ahead and make a sleight of hand roll for me. Zarus, I get the sense you were about to say something, so please carry on. Um, I'll, I'll repeat what I said just there. The slide. So the, the effects were added afterwards, so... My question to you now is, who did you make it for? Because there were multiples made. Sisters, brothers, whatever you want to call it. I don't know the terms that you, the jewelers use. You see him adjust the very crisp looking waistcoat and shirt that he is wearing to maintain an element of stature. Um... It's almost like he's 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 a man that's based entirely upon the image of himself that he he poses. He sits very straight and very statuesque during this whole time and says You are not wrong. It is part of a set that was a custom commi uh, commission by a group of individuals individuals that I I've had the pleasure of working for and with in the past. They are somewhat regular customers. I am saddened to hear that the loss of semi-regular business is one that has plagued me now. Lawmaster Grohl was one for some of the finer jewelries of which she could afford. It was always a pleasure to uh, source products for her and to indeed alter products if they did not fit her, fit her exact aesthetic. Girl was a fucking traitor! 
He looks at you and says, Lawmaster Grohl was many things. A traitor I have no knowledge of, for she did indeed live far away. However, in a, in a purely business sense, money is money, coin is coin. If somebody wants to pay for my products and my services, regardless of their external factors and their life, I'm not going to shy away from business now, am I? As long as they don't bring any drama to my door, that is. And Lawmaster Grohl never did. While I agree with that statement, drama has indeed been brought to your door because, as it turns out, these amulets and medallions that you have crafted, whether you know it or not, are being used in such a way that has caused harm to a lot of people. And we would like to find the rest of them so that we could prevent further harm. Okay, uh, before I go into that, Anon, with a 19, it takes you mere seconds to find the, the breaking point on the lock. You feel it click open and you're able to very easily enter the, the rear side of the, the premises. Okay, I shut the door behind me as I enter. Okay. Anything that you do from there? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and find the front of the shop so I can then join the others. Fairly straightforward. It's just a singular uh, corridor with a couple of rooms that branch off to the side, but you get the feeling that, judging by the layout, it's just a straight walk to the, the, uh, the storefront. Then I'll head towards the others, but I won't enter the room. I'll just hang at the doorway. Okay. Okay. The the jeweler looks at you, Zaris, and says, You are correct. It is indeed a part of a set. Like I said, this was a custom commission by a group of individuals that I know somewhat fairly well. This was a commission to... Create pieces that could be used to identify one another. These are individuals who wanted to have a very subtle way of knowing who each other were. The amulet is one part of that piece. There is also other items. They are not all identical. That would have been shoddy craftsmanship on my part and quite easily a very simple thing to see through. So, I cannot tell you who these are created for. That would be a breach of privilege. And, uh, well, given the fact that I know who they are, would not spell well for my reputation or my business for the future endeavors that I have planned. But... And you see him thinking very long and hard before he says again. I can tell you that they are people of influence. But that's about it. I have an integrity to stand by. I have an obligation 
not just to any client, but these clients and these clients in particular. They ask for discretion, and discretion is what they will get. Even it means countless innocents dying. As I have already said to you, ma'am. Yeah, business is business. Coins still gonna be coin. Yeah, yeah. Cut that shit, would you? You want me to start lying to you instead? <laughs> uh, Alara, <laughs> you told me as I walked through this door, Ooh. your expectations. Ooh. I expect you to keep the same. Oh no, no! I'm I'm keeping them. I'm <laughs> we are we are under the same obligations as bounty hunters. We take money mm. to do various different acts. So he is not wrong. <laughs> Fuck it. Fair enough. Might I, back to you. Might I inquire? You. Might I inquire as to what your business is with my purchasers, my clients? Do you wish to interrogate them as well, or do you wish slightly more aggressive means to them? That that depends on their attitudes. Because like I have stated, these medallions that you have indeed crafted have let, let, led to undoubtedly the deaths of innocents and quite possibly have led into something even grander than that, which is lack of a better term, a possible war. Now, now that I've stated that, it is within your right to not tell me who they are. As business is business, I will give you that. If you cannot tell me the names, can you at least tell me if they are located here within the city or somewhere that you know? You see him ponder for a second. He's weighing up his options. The options you've given him. You see that he is trying to decide whether or not he can trust you. You see him stand very slowly, still with his hands on the, the countertop, and says, I have a ledger a few feet to my right. If you would be so kind as to allow me to retrieve it, I believe I can point you on a path. Will you allow Go me? Ahead. Okay. You see him, he brings out this large black ledger and he opens it to what you be what you begin to feel is a very specific page. He places it down on the countertop and says, Now, if you wouldn't mind excusing me, there is something in the back room that I have to retrieve. However, I honestly cannot stop you from perusing information in my absence. But I will just be gone for but a few seconds. Please do not tamper with any of the information or any of the items that are on the storefront. I, I can assure you that they are far more valuable than you can at least give them credit for. 
You see him turn and head towards the oh, door. Well, before he tur before he turns, I'll say, uh, uh, Anon, if you would be so kind as to go with him to the back and make sure. I was going to. You see. Thank him, you. You see him open the door, and he looks. He looks visibly shocked that you're standing there, Anon. Almost like he he had no knowledge of your your presence. He says, two doors down on the left is exactly where I would like to go. Then let us go. You see him, he walks down to the door that you mentioned, he opens it, and he retrieves a, a case. Uh, a small cherry wood case. Closes the door after coming back into the hallway and making his way uh, down to uh, the storefront. And sits back down on the stool that he was sitting in. He places the case down on top of the, the countertop and says, Right. Now, I was retrieving this because I needed for the engagement of which I will be uh, attending shortly, but uh, once I leave, this is just me making preparations for what I assume will be a relatively easy and hassle-free exit from my, my premises. Uh, Zyrus, what were you rolling for? Uh, the first one's Arcana to check to see if the, the book might be a trap. The second one is an investigation check to look through the ledger to see if I can find what I am looking for. Okay. No magical pings on the book whatsoever. Absolutely nothing that you sense anyway. The investigation check is a long list of names and i'm talking about f there's four columns of names on each page and there's about 20 rules per page or per column sitting on top of the ledger though is a quill it's almost like it's been intentionally and very vaguely placed there the tip of the quill points to a name. It's a name that you recognize. In fact, you've met this individual. Lord Yashin Dracana. High Chancellor of Coin. Damn it. You see the jeweler pick up the ledger, close it, before putting it back in its place. It says, now, now that my, uh, my affairs are in order, and I trust that whatever you may or may not have seen points you in the the path that you need to diverge yourself on. As I stated when you arrived at my store, I have an engagement that I cannot be, afford to be late for. I am sorry that I cannot give you any more details surrounding the questions that you have been asking, but... I assume that you understand discretion does mean discretion of the highest kind. After all, I'm sure there, there is a level of discretion in your profession as well. And it is something that we must hold dear and we must attend to in all aspects of work. As for the peace, I would like to request that it remain here. I would like to refurbish it. And have it as a memorial of a customer who I have known for many years. 
<clears throat> is the deity still in no, the gem? No, the, the, the gem is shattered. So it's it's literally just a, a hunk yeah, it's of shattered metal. the minute he... It's a, it's a hunk it's of shattered metal. It's ever spoke to the entity. Any of you saying anything or responding? Give me a, to give me a second. I'm thinking. Add on. We we might need it later. He looks to you, Anon, and says, "If you have business with the." person who commissioned this order then I get the feeling that this piece will no longer serve you in fact it could very well be a detriment if you were looking to take a more subtle approach to your work there's not many pieces out there that resemble anything like this this is going to stick out like a sore thumb can you make a seaweed can, can you make a duplicate? I could, but like, it, it would take like time. Clone it. it would take time. Depends on how, how long. Depends on how quickly you need it. You're forgetting. You mentioned that there were other properties added to this piece. Properties that I do not have the ability to replicate. It, let's, under the assumption, just say that I just need a hunk of metal to look exactly like this, how long would that take? If I was to work on it tomorrow, it would take me a day. But... I'll let you, I'll let you have it under the assumption that you can make it in half a day. Certain guarantees would have to be met in order for that to happen. You would have to get not only guarantee my safety, but you would have to be able to guarantee the discretion of the duplication of this piece as well. For if the original buyer finds out that not only did you come into acquiring the original, but also the means in which you acquired it, as well as the fact that you located myself and had me duplicate it, I could very well be run out of business and put into a very mortal position. If I may be so bold, your position is going to mean absolutely nothing if you're dead. Are you intimidating or trying to persuade him? I am persuading, sir. Right. Rule of persuasion. Can I help? You can indeed. <laughs> you, you got the same thing twice. Is he allowed? Is he allowed three assists on this one? No, <laughs> no, no. The assist from Anon gives him advantage, and he rolled a, th a six twice in a row. Can I also roll a persuasion? <laughs> yes. God, it's going to be the the night of persuasion rolls. G Jesus! I quit. 
I want to go to bed. I want to go to bed. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Adon's now got to do her spiel now on what, how she intimidates him. Not no, how she persuades him. No. Um, <laughs> Adon, she rubs him in all the right places. Like. My God, this man is in his like late seventies. Come on now, get some. I mean, I would just assume I mean, come on. Think what about how old is Adon? Is I mean, twenty gold is twenty gold. Like, don't bring that up. In, don't bring that up in here, Zaras. That's a dirty twenty reference, and you know it. I mean, shit happens, you know. <laughs> if you're gonna start talking about shit, don't. Uh, don't you I'd dare! Really, don't you I'd dare! Really, not go there. <laughs> all right, but uh -huh. in all seriousness, though, like she did roll really good, and but I, I am being, and I hope that Anon catches on to at least what I'm trying to say that I am trying to be very sincere because of what the consequences of not having this amulet and doing things a certain way will entail. I don't know. Anon, do you cotton on to what it is that Zyrus is trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So describe how you're assist or describe how you're trying to persuade the jeweler. She kind of looks him dead in the eye and you you have to understand if the way things continue to go where they are going you will not have your business you will not have your position and you will not have your life it will not matter that we have spoken to you and th this amulet is, is one of the few pieces we have to stop it and I, I i understand why you want to have it as a memorial for your customer but that cannot be that this is not the practical way to do it the the needs of the the many outweigh the needs of the few Wow. That turned me on a little bit. Back off. She's mine. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, let's like, just be fair. Spoiler like, alert for that was spot on roleplay. Like, let's fucking like, I need more of that. Like, I need that. Zarus, was my torture not enough roleplaying for you? Nah, he's, no, he's talking. He's, no, talk, he's, he's that's talking. Normal shit. Like yeah. I want some like death. I want like what I just to be or not to be. That is the question. Exactly. Like, fucking like, add on over here, quoting Star Trek. Like, don't fucking turn right. Don't turn this into Dirty Twenty, where we try to figure out how many franchises we can piss off in a single episode. 
I will piss off to live every, long and prosper. I will piss off every single one of them as long as I can get that on a constant basis. Like, <laughs> give me that role play right there. That's all I ask. Add on, he looks at you and says, Fine. I'll help you. But as long as I can guarantee my own safety, you'll get what you want. If I get the single feeling that I'm compromised or I'm put in a position where I am going to be in danger, you will never find me. You'll never know where I go. And you will not get what it is that you want. Now, cannot say or claim to say what you saw in my absence but if you did see anything and you know what you saw then you know how deep this will go there are certain people in Amdale there are certain people in Zyuria who can make things happen whether they be censorship or disappearance. Not everybody is as innocent as they seem. We've all got blood on our hands at some point. It just depends on how well we've washed it off. It does inadvertently seem as though pieces that I have made recently have come back to haunt me. Leave the original. I'll have a duplicate made for you by midday tomorrow. Come by and find me. You can have it, but I will be keeping the original. It is at that point I would like to request that you never darken my doors again. Once we get the duplicate, we won't ever see you again good now you can choose whether to go out the way you came or you can choose to go out using the rear exit whichever you feel safest by i will be leaving from the front i suggest you make sure the rear is locked it was before you got in invest in better locks I will take that into consideration. Now, I am leaving. Good day. I will see you in 24 yeah. hours. You see as he's, we'll see as he, yeah, you see as he stands up, puts on a long, um, almost like a, what's the name of the material I'm, I'm thinking of? Um, it's not corduroy. Uh, Anon and Alara, you might be able to answer this. Uh, if any of you have seen the show Peaky Blinders, the the material that their big jackets are made out of. Oh, um... Not their suit jackets, but the jackets that they wear over those jackets. Yeah. Wool, yes. It, it resembles wool, yeah. Um, you see him put on a large black-colored woolen jacket. He picks up the Chetty Wood case that he had taken from the back and he begins to make his way to the front door, uh, lifting up the shutter that Alara had pulled down. You see him unlock, you see him open the door, turn, 
and i'll say that in that amount of time you guys have gone through the back and made your way through the back door making your way back out onto the streets so in the final i'm going to as we get out i'm going to whisper to anon and lara and say we need to go back to the the district where we're staying at right now yep at this point i'd like to ask who it is that is carrying the sending stone that the tailor no the arcanist the alchemist the arcanist that was me you're holding it I'd give, yeah okay you begin to feel a vibration in your backpack you, rub, you rummage around and you find that the source of said rummaging is the sending stone you pull it out and you hear this not loud not obnoxiously loud but loud enough to hear above the the hustle and bustle of the city street it's lady visorin the arcanist the message reads i'm happy to say that your funds are here if you'd like to come and discuss business my shop is going to be open for the next couple of hours if not you can wait until tomorrow the choice is yours i'm gonna uh, guys, the, 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 the communication stone thing happened, uh, our money's in. I would highly, highly, as much as I want my items, don't We'll go after, we'll go after we get our outfits later on. That's what? when we'll, we'll go. We, I, all, all I ask is that we need to go back to where we're staying at, effective immediately. Right, I'll tell her we'll go in tomorrow then. Okay. Ilera, I'll say okay. that for the sake of expediency, you, you send your reply um, and you get a, an acknowledgement message back before the, the stone begins to lose the sort of low aura, like low level aura that it was holding. It's become a lot duller now. You get the sense that whatever sending effect that it had and uh, placed on it has now faded. Almost like it's been turned off. So, again, for the sake of expediency, I'll say that it takes you about just under two hours walking the, the span of the city to get back to your residence. Regular tra right. regular fruitfall traffic, regular day-to-day -day goings on, both in the economic sector and in the noble sector. People still adjusting to seeing you. They've not come quite to terms with who you are why you're here more importantly how you came to be here so as we, we walk in through the door i'm going to quickly tell Anon to lock the doors and shut the blondes okay okay i'm gonna let i'm gonna let you guys have the entire floor for this so go ahead the fucking Chancellor of Coin. That friendly little cheeky fucking shit that Grohl was bounding down to. Not Grohl, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. That slain... The guy that told the... Oh, fuck! He, um... You might... That, that word he said, best not to get involved with things that don't concern you. I believe something along those lines that you said to us. I was yes. too busy fucking pain at that point. But here's my thing though. 
So we know it's tied to him. Right. Mm. However, what does he have to do with a religious cult? Why does any higher up get involved with things that aren't normal to them? It couldn't be money because there's no way there's no absolute God way that a cult like this is in it for the money. Could be power. I mean, it could be, but like at the cost of what exactly? Because reshaping the world the way you want it think if, if he does this if he's just maybe maybe he gets a lot of power over one region maybe that's you know that's point he does this he joins uh, what these is people. A like what does a man like that who already has that kind of power want with more like like are, are is he wanting to take control of all of it or it's greed he has some, and now he wants more, and always wanting more. If I can just, we? If I can just chime in for one second, mm -hmm. I will leave this option up to any of the three of you. Make a general intelligence check surrounding the High Chancellor of Coin. It's open to anyone. I roll 20. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Dirty yeah. 20? Okay. <laughs> Adon, you, you, you listen to Zaris and Alera discussing uh, the theory surrounding the motives of someone in the position such as the High Chancellor of Coin and what they could possibly want with the acquisition of more power. As soon as you mention greed, how he's got some but he wants more. You've been in Armdale for a little over two days. You saw the slums as you walked through them to get to the main part of the city. You saw the state of Valrondir whilst you were there. You got a really good look at that city. You got a look at the, the port, the inner, the middle, and the outer, outer circles. You saw the, de the degrading state of living the further out of that city you went in terms of the radius. You saw the stark contrast between the Armdale slum and the main city itself. Bearing in mind you've only seen the economic sector and the noble sector and you haven't really seen much of either at this point. You didn't really see much of the slum either. But it is undeniable that there is a stark contrast in the state of living between all three of these sectors of Vardor. There's a clean distinction between the haves and the have-not. You've observed the people walking the streets in the noble sector holding themselves up with pride and posture that emanates power and wealth and affluence and status and just an energy of belonging 
but you saw people sitting in the streets in tattered clothes no food gangly thin bodies malnourished begging for loose change begging for food you've heard reports of regions turning to crime just to earn coin in order to feed either themselves or their families you've heard of stories of tax increases you know that mayor gregory slain was revered in valrondir because he fought for fairer tax rates for not only the working people but the the merchants as well it's what's kept him in his position as mayor for as long as he's been there and it's what's gained him favor as well i'm just gonna put it out there who controls taxes who controls the flow whether it be unrestricted or restricted of wealth affluence money who controls in the grand scheme of things how far poverty and malnourishment and squalor extends within the world what causes poverty in general what causes people to have to work harder and harder and harder to make ends meet what ha what causes people to turn to crime in order to try and get enough coin to keep their bellies full or they turn to crime in order to feed addictions that they've had for extensive amounts of time however what also feeds crime and criminal organizations in general what funds their activities what allows them to do what they do and affect people in the way that they do look at the dark kings what do they do what they do for the sole premise of gaining yes they gain it they do what they do for gaining power and land and territory but ultimately why do they do what they do and what is the common root of all of this now if you think back what could a man of status and position of power have to gain from all this what could someone of importance and influence do that has such a knock-on domino effect calls the question doesn't it makes you wonder what motives may actually be what intentions really are and what you're going to find out in next week's session because that's where we're going to end it ladies and gentlemen i know that this one's been a little bit of a shorter episode as we stipulated in the last one episodes now are going to be roughly two hours long and uh we've learned quite a lot tonight we've learned the origin of the mysterious note as well as the original commissioned or the person who placed the commission for the amulet that Zyrus has had on his possession for quite some time now what will the disaster trio get up to next week will they make an effort to collect their reward from gregory slain will they 
go and collect their new outfits. Not to mention, they also have a dinner with the noble district mayor to attend as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Duckies and Dargans. We love you very much. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast up until this point. We hope you will continue to support it again in the future. Until next week, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. But above all else, despite the fact that... Initiative roll! I <laughs> hate you guys. Hold <laughs> on, you have to join in on this. Come on. <laughs> despite the fact that we didn't do it tonight, roll for initiative. We'll see you next week. Good night.